All right, cold open though. Ooh. Fun, fun little cold opens. Yeah, we can go back to you know just chopping around. So, oh jeez, I'm incredibly tired though. Like, I'm going to be mostly to entirely incoherent because I've got fun uh, schedule stuff going on. Yeah, we're, I we're get doing to go this. To the gym. That that's very nice for yeah, you. Yeah, we've all been pretty busy. Yeah, I'm not your busy internet didn't yeah, work. My favorite part. Tad's about, internet didn't work. Yeah, my favorite part about the past week was moving into a new apartment. They're like, "Yeah, fam, we got you. We'll have this all. We'll have this all set up by June second. I got internet on like the seventh. It was pretty cool. Uh, dude, dude, like they rescheduled me six times. You you, you want to say you you moved in the second and you didn't have internet till the seventh, right? Wow, that's such yeah, a long time. I moved in on June first. When I moved into my moved apartment, in I didn't have internet for a fucking month. How did you survive? Well, who cares? You have like 500 megabyte per second. You can download like Try the gigabyte. entire internet. Jeez. But Jesus. Yeah, I've God got... bless you, Tokyo. I, I've got a fun little thing called uh, 12 or more hours of uh, Japanese classes per day. That's including, you know, prep time and everything. And then you get to go to the classes with which you don't actually get actively taught for most of the class. You just get graded. So it's like going to six hours of tests every day. Fun times. Fun, fun. That sounds like a perfectly uh, enjoyable way. I mean... I'm going to be fucking going to med school at some point. So that's going to be my life for like I'm sorry. Years straight. I'll have to get used to that. Oops. Nice. Just try not to kill anybody. <laughs> I've decided to note. use uh, Ooh. Hoomst on as just note. a general question mark word now. Please don't. It's, it's too late. <laughs> so the, what's the fucking topic of today? It's D&D, right? Workshop? Yeah, or something, something along like those that. lines? Yeah, this... So we've we this is like a little mini bonus thingy. Yeah, that we're, we're, we're gonna here. do you know like a couple of these. We're gonna do a little series, right? Where yeah. we're doing this is gonna be an additional to the normal stuff. Uh, we had a couple of roadblocks getting a regular episode out, namely them not had Tad and Tim not having internet for a long time because they were moving and then didn't get internet, and then it was like, oh, well, I can't. <laughs> Fuck you guys. So. Hey, it's not my fault that Lucas wouldn't let us go over and record. That you know? is technically this, not your this fault. This is entirely Lucas's fault. That's that is true. technically You're right. exactly. It's never my fault. I've learned that. So, you know, when you fucking cancel, you bastard. So, what we're doing today, though, is the first part of this series of the how-to guide for playing fun tabletop games and making them work. So for today, we're going to be doing the first part, which is how to get a game running, how to get yeah. run off of the ground, because the big the big secret that you want to learn when you attempt to try and play a game is that most crash and burn within before the first session. Yeah, most of the time when you try to get a game together, it doesn't work. Everyone's doesn't had work. everyone's had like cool ideas for a D&D game. Like, I think uh what ha- what happens a lot of times is everybody's had a good idea for a D&D game. Like everyone at- who has at least shown some interest in D&D has has generally they spend a lot of time thinking about all this cool stuff that they want to do. The hard part is trying to like 
convince people one convince people to play because there's a lot of like prejudices and shit about oh i don't want to play D D. it's this nerd shit and the other part is actually like sitting down and doing the legwork to get a game running and there's more legwork than you would think like a lot more like it's my experience kind of trying to set up a game was i was over at tim's house and it was me tim and his sister i think i think it was just three people we had like a fucking pathfinder box oh and we spent like six hours all trying to just like figure out how to like get it like how to set everything up with character it it was a fucking mess it was like six to eight hours of work so yeah that happens a lot but the the other thing to note here is that we are not specifically just talking about one game this is stuff that applies to all of them just the the whole of you know cooperative because they are We'll, we'll get into that cooperative tabletop games here where your goal is to get together and have a cool story and have fun right yeah so you know that's D pathfinder fate uh any of the white wolf games uh, yeah I, i'm using D as more of a Savage shorthand World. for for tabletop rpg that'll piss some people off but sure <laughs> well just just in the initial when i say right. sit down and get a D game together i you could be playing fate or something else yes so anyway usually what happens is People, there's some form of disconnect between what one or more of the players is expecting and what the person running it wants to do, mm-hmm. which, which happens due to what I found. People who like to play tabletop games are paradoxically terrible at communicating. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. Ninety percent of the problems that I've seen where, that people have are like, "Oh, I've got X problem player," or "Oh, there's Y problem with my game. My players aren't doing Z." Is well, did you try asking them to stop doing it or did you try asking them to start doing this? And they're like, well, no, but. I mean, I don't want to have the confrontation. So, I mean, I just kind of right, yeah, and I it, tried dropping some it, hints, but I didn't actually. <laughs> in a game right. about conflict and problem solving, DMs are often paradoxically like overly conflict averse. Like if you have people who are having problems, you got to talk to them about it. Just right. like in your game. So, we're primarily going to be talking to, in this episode, the person running everything. Yeah. You know, like, you're the person in your group who has actively decided, okay, I'll, you know, a lot of times you're like, oh, I'll bite the bullet and be the one to run the game. But you can have a lot of fun doing it if you're actually ready to put in a little bit of work and be creative. Honestly, I think being a DM can be more fun than being a player in a lot of instances. Yeah, and it's it's really all about making sure that you have an environment that is good for you and your players. So the the first thing you're going to do is, need to do is, of course, get your group together. This can be either through just your general friend group. There are ways to do that online via Roll20. And uh, another thing that you can do that's very, very useful is uh, if in your local area there is bound to be some form of game shop where people play magic or board games and usually they'll have uh some sort of bulletin board up that you could post hey i'm making this game see if you can get people however that that leads very nicely into you're going to want to be very selective about who you play with yes you're going to want to get your friends who are mature enough good enough at communicating and creative enough to actually want to put in the time to play 
like you don't want to get that guy who's kind of creepy and like says weird stuff or that guy who only wants to you know wants to have everything done for them doesn't want to actually do anything they're they're not going to be that great for this though you can make those people work but it's going to be a bit harder so there's a saying that i've always really liked it's uh no tabletop is better than bad tabletop yes 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 100 percent. the other thing that usually happens is you need to decide on an actual size i've seen a lot of games that have far too few players for what they're trying to do and games that have way too many in my experience it it falls somewhere in between like uh like the the games that have just the right number of players versus the games that have too many or too few are surprisingly rare like either you don't have enough people who want to play so you're just stuck with like two players and you you try and make it work but it that that has its whole its own set of problems or everybody wants to play suddenly and now you've got nine people and that's a problem yeah two players is is just not in, in my opinion two two players is not enough because there's the the dynamic there has to be really really strong like yeah if you're doing two players yeah, they, they that, better be just best one person friends. playing off the other right yeah and you can do these games but they're not going to work the same as what you're probably expecting. Yeah. And the other option, though, of having nine people, I I never would go above, like, five, six. Six is the absolute maximum that I would ever do, and even then I would not be happy with it. I, I would say too few six can be... Six total or six players? Uh, six players. Oh, wow, six players? I wouldn't do that. Yeah, well, yeah, seven like, people in a group? That's a lot. It is. It's a lot. Because... Because my issue with it is that once you start having too many players, it is very difficult to make any individual person feel important. Yeah. And that's really what it comes down to, is that everybody wants to have their character do cool stuff. They want to do cool things. They don't want to be the guy who's along for the ride. Yeah. I would say... Everyone wants to be able to have their little moment where they're... In the game, they're like, oh, I'm actually really interested right now. Also, Everyone wants to have that, and it's it's fun. Also, mechanically speaking, it's, it's in a lot long of short of these fun. Yeah. Also, mechanically speaking, in a lot of games, having too many players makes the game take forever. Like Fate, you can do it. Maybe it, you can go a bit fast, but in something like D and D or Pathfinder, like once you start having that many people, any sort of action is going to take decades. And, uh, no, like, because each so round for... of action is only six seconds. Ha ha. Hilarious. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Even more so for Shadowrun, especially if you're trying to teach people new things. So that that's so when you're picking out players, the things that I always say are you need to the, the people who are who you're going to pick, you need to screen them on on some set of values to make sure that they fit in, right, with the group that you want. So and with your game concept. Right. So my my basic checklist is are you willing to like work with everybody, right? Like if you make a character, they're not going to be the like they're not going to run counter to what the party wants to do for no reason. You you can work well in groups. You're going to learn the rules for the game. Right? 
I'm that's a big one. I'm like, not going you, to let you, you need, in. The player has to be willing to go through the fucking rulebook and figure out how spike wire works. Yes. If they have to put in at least that minimal amount yes, of time. You need to at least know how your character works. If you let in people who are just we're just there because they want a free ride and they don't want to put in any effort, you're going to end up just having to spend time after time going, yes, this is how you make an athletics check. Or if they like, yes, you, no, no, you need to you need to invoke one of your you need to evoke one of your your traits here, like one of your aspects. Up, uh, you, yeah. This is how Corrid's strength works. You used it incorrectly. <laughs> yes, but more than that, no. That that's like a you know how the game works, but you like you did something slightly wrong. We're talking about like you know playing Shadowrun and going, I'm a mage. How do spells work again for the seventeenth time in a row? Yes, that sort of thing. That's uh-huh. just going to bog shit down and make it terrible you you need to get people on the same page of we are playing this game learn it yeah in my in my opinion like the best way to go about doing this is rather than say like hey we're gonna do this game and then getting everybody like set in and decided to play the game you you suss out their uh what they want to do like i always i always have like at least one session that is purely dedicated, at least purely or half dedicated to uh, characters and their backstories. Like, yeah, and we'll get to that. Uh, but first, I would say then, like, once you get the people together, like, once you get people together and once you've decided what game you're going to play. Well, right, that's what that's, I mean. Yeah, like, what game are you going to play? Like, like the, the system and everything. Like yeah, where yeah, are you going system, to play? Yeah. Figure out the logistics. Make sure everybody's schedules match up. Because you could have the guy who's going to be perfect for this game, but if he can't make it to the game, he can't make it to the game. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you need to that's, make sure that that's every- something that's really rough, and you really have to think about is the scheduling too. That's something that's really hard to work yeah. around. Yeah, like if the scheduling doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know, like there's there's nothing you can do about that. You like. If they can't make it to the game, they can't make it to the game. And then like, you're going to have to make decisions about, okay, who are we playing with now? Because you're going to want to be selective about who you're playing with. You can't include everybody. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, I mean, our, our first game fell apart because we just couldn't, like, it got to a point of like, well, all of our schedules can't align anymore. Well, fuck. Yeah, shit. yeah. I've had oh, plenty well, of games go apart like playing. that. I've had plenty of games fall apart like that, and there's mm-hmm. really not much you can do about it. You, there are some forms of alternatives like play by post for, but nah, th- those can be interesting, but only if you really set up for it. Yeah. So what I what I would say to do next, once you have your players, once you have the game that you're playing, like the system, you know, suss people out. Don't invite people that you know are going to not get along with each other. Right. Make sure that everybody is on the same page of, you know, being at least amicable. You don't have to be best friends, but make sure that there aren't going to be any you know, fights. Don't also, invite, watch out. Don't invite the, a guy uh, and his ex girlfriend. You know. Yes. Like, don't do that. Oh god. I was gonna yeah. say you got to watch out. There's there's a there's a trap that you can get you can get uh, stuck in, which is you get a great group of people, right? You get you know your three or four players. And and everyone's like, yeah, I'm ready to play. And then one guy, this fucking asshole, says... Can my girlfriend come to play too? He says, hey guys, I've been talking about this game. Uh, my girlfriend says she really wants to join. Or, 
My little brother says he really wants to join. And or now, my friend Dave, who none of you know, really wants to join. Yeah. So now you're stuck in this weird <laughs> position of, well, I want to get this game going, and I don't want to be a dick because if, if I say no, then he'll feel bad, but then he, maybe he won't play and the whole game will fall apart. And to, to this point, I would say, if they, are, if they insist on having somebody who you didn't have in the discussion originally with join the game, let the game fall apart. It's not worth it. Adding right. somebody you don't know and somebody who's like a wild element to a game is a recipe for disaster and I, will give you headaches. The the thing that I would say for that is like you know scout them out, like hang out. Well, yeah, with them scout them out. Play. But like, like play some like play some random just normal tabletop games. Like play some yeah, cooperative like board games or something with them together. And if they're yeah. an asshole, just say. I mean, sometimes just take your friend like aside and our, go uh, in our game. Yeah, like in our game. uh you guys didn't know Tim. I was just like, hey, we need another player. Hey, my roommate. Hey, Tim, you want to play D&D? Literally his response. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and then we, yeah, we did some screen and we yeah, went yeah. We, like, we played yeah. some, we played some online video games with him first. We, we hung out with him a bit. Like, we did it. We did a whole test session and everything. We, we made sure that he was cool. What, I, what I'm saying is just that uh, a lot of times there's, there's the, oh, me too element yes and you want to avoid you want to avoid that you want to avoid runaway me too syndrome but yeah like you don't want to be completely uh closed off from that though like yeah sometimes I mean, don't you just can't shut find somebody good... out for no reason yeah what you want to do though is you want to you know you want to scope them out and if it doesn't work out just take your friend who recommended him aside and go sorry it's not i don't think it's gonna work you know not your fault not their fault and if they say well then i don't want to play well then too bad yeah like, you have to be willing to put your foot down <laughs> like like if it's games... if that person is going to ruin the game if they come in then d- don't do it like like uh tad said bad bad tabletop is worse than no tabletop bad tabletop yes. is really bad it's like terrible the, and it makes the it highs not... of good tabletop are really really high like some of the best like role-playing experiences and gaming experiences i've had have been even just as a dm have been playing tabletop like it's amazing but when it's bad it, it ruins it's your terrible. whole fucking week it's yeah, just awful you're just, like you go i can't believe they fucking did that and it, it, it can just maybe be like i don't like i don't want to hang out with this dude period anymore fuck this yeah guy. the choices feel far more get personal to the point, like like when we were playing our other game, I was like, "Fuck yeah, I cannot wait for Thursday." Hell yeah, let's do it. Right. And like, if it was starting, like, say we had, say Tim came in and he was, he he was that guy, and it's like, oh god. Then it becomes, oh god, Thursday. Uh, yeah, do I, don't I even want to spend yeah, six wanna, hours doing this. I don't want to deal yeah. with this guy. I've got other shit I could do. Right. Yeah. And, and that's what that's what that can do. So. But once you once you've scouted out your your team, once you've talked to everybody, you've been like, okay, here's the scheduling. Here's where we're gonna meet. Here's what we're doing for you know various other things like make sure that everybody has dice, make sure everybody has stuff that they need. You know, get all of the logistics out of the way first. Then what I like to do is get everybody together for a session. It it, it is a session where you decide what game you're playing. Yeah, and I know we already said decide what game you're playing, but now I mean decide what type of game you're playing. Where yeah. mm-hmm. in every system you can do tons of different things. You want to decide, you know, values. You want to decide most importantly though, I think, 
what is not going to be in the game? You go around with everybody and you go, is there anything that you guys are uncomfortable with? Like, what do you not want here? Like, is there something that you know, is personally, like that you personally just don't want? Is there anything that you know, would make you uncomfortable that make you not want to play? And then yeah. you don't put that in. Yeah, and I mean, there's like obvious stuff, you know, there's stuff that you don't even need to mention that like obviously shouldn't be. And I mean... I guess if all the players are cool with it, like there's <laughs> no, no, no. See, you say there's there obvious stuff. stuff. But, uh, there is. You would think. You would. You would hope that there. There is something. It is far more common than you do. think. But oh boy. See, like when I approached Dan and I said, "All right, so I want to work in ERP into this game," and he told me no, and I was like, "Okay, well, all right, let's take it off the table." Then. <laughs> right. So th- that's the thing. Actually, this is very valid. Like you're joking, but this happens a lot. Yeah. You see it a lot in. Uh, in nerd subcultures where people get in and they assume that, okay, I'm in with this group now. They have accepted me and that means everything. And no, no, it fucking doesn't. Yeah. Like, like sorry, dude, here I'm not going to let you role play. Like the same way I do. I'm not going to let you like role play rape or something just because, right. Oh, no, that's what my character not. would do. No. And get the fuck out. The thing is, is that like we're saying, you know, discuss, <laughs> discuss among your group, what is and is not acceptable. And if you're if you're listening to this right now and going, wait, we'd had this discussion and we decided that was fine. Turn this off. I don't want you to listen to this. Your game is yeah. beyond saving. Fuck you. <laughs> like, there's if you have things. player characters who do that sort of thing and you're like, yeah, that's fine. That we all decided that. No, I don't want to hear about anything that you do. I don't want to know about what you do, but I would like to know your address because I'm sending the cops. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay in, in all seriousness i'm not kidding like there are there are things that will ruin a game and that will like i don't know man it's it's fucked up like like a, a big one is here's a here's a really good example was we were playing in a game once and i made a, a fun cleric of just straight up capitalism dwarf and it was great he was hilarious and you know, like a cleric of a religion of merchants, right? Yeah, I, I, I know this game. What the person running the game did not tell me, because he did this whole thing where, like, we we're going on a we we're being caravan guards, because of course we fucking were. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to Super avoiding creative. cliches in maybe a future episode or like how to get players together, but yeah. You know, he had this whole scene where our rogue scouted him out and saw, like, what he was doing, and he straight up buys a slave, like, in front of us. Like, you know, he does it kind of secretly, but he buys, you know, a female slave. And immediately oh, we're boy. like, oh, this guy, we're like, yeah, oh, we're this like, guy is evil. We're like, oh, this guy is evil. This guy is pure evil, right? Like, oh, we've been duped. That That is the assumption that we went in with. And so we're like, okay, this guy's evil, right? And then, like, when things go kind of south and we're like, like, we assume that this guy is the bad guy, right? Yeah, like, and he set us up guy, or something. Yeah, the guy running it gets all mad at us. Like, why would you, why would you make that assumption? We're like, he just bought a slave right in front of us. What is, like, are you kidding? He's like, it's not illegal. And I'm going, okay, so you shoehorned, you, you fucked me. Because currently, right? you're, what you're telling me is that the character that I'm playing by the in-game moral value that I'm supposed to have is okay with this. Yeah. I don't want to play this anymore. I don't want to play this character anymore. You've, you've ruined it for me. 
if you don't discuss things like this, like and soil them. Well, like okay, cultural no- like cultural norms of your game. Like say you you got a guy, and and this is a big deal. Like it's seriously a big deal because playing somebody playing a character you can play an evil character you can play a character that goes against your own your own personal moral code i think that's fine but the thing is is what you don't want is you don't want to be stuck playing a character who who believe who by the necessity of the the setting acts in a way that you find abhorrent right like like decisions that you make should be decisions that you make so if you say that like if you find out that oh everybody in this in this world is like fine with slavery, but you're you want to play like a lawful good character, you're screwed. Like you, you're, like now I you're stuck like, with like yeah, well I have to uphold the law, but dude. the law is slavery. So right, like mm. or mm. or you like even if you wanted to play like I want to play a like a guard in a big city and he follows the letter of the law, right? And then you find out first session in all oh, the laws of the city are super messed up. Right? And you're like, well, I can't play this character anymore. Like, or I need to completely change my character. Yeah. So that's why you need to decide your game's values. You need to decide what type of game you're playing. Yeah, a lot of times... Go on, go on. Yeah, what I'm saying is a lot of times people, when, when we say decide the game, people focus on the setting, but they don't focus on, like, the, the minutia. Like, when I was, when I was describing my game, uh, I did. I ran a uh, what I thought was a pretty interesting game. There are three three major factions, and I think we had a character that ended up being from each of them. Yeah, yeah. T- to some extent, there was like dwarves and humans and elves, and they were a little different, but it's not a big deal. But I, I talked about the setting and what what all those places are like. But I also talked about like the cultural norms of those people, so I could so the characters could decide if they wanted to wanted to be either with those cultural norms as a character or against them. That way they you want to give your you never want your players to be surprised by how other people act or how other people expect their character to act. Like you right. should never be like, "Well, no, actually, your character would think this because in this civilization, never tell you know, people what their character thinks." You see what I'm yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's or how their character reacts to something. No. So Yeah. But more or less what I'm talking about with the, the value system, though, is saying things like, okay, we're playing, a, we're playing a gritty game. Like, we're playing a gritty, realistic, hardcore, you know, real, you know, grimy, realistic blood and guts sort of thing. Like, we're expecting bad stuff to happen, right? Yeah. Like, bad stuff to happen, there's going to be, like, you know, everything's going to be shades of gray. There's going to be political intrigue, yada, 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 right? Or you could go, no, we don't want to do that. I'm like, we all work 13 hours a day and we just want to have like a fun, wacky time where we're all great heroes. Like it's a, like it's some sort of cartoon, right? Yeah. You want to decide on that mm-hmm. because you don't want somebody bringing in Finn from Adventure Time right alongside like 1980 or like 1990s Batman. Although that <laughs> game sounds rad, actually. <laughs> I know, actually, I would totally play that. Right, but you, you get what I mean. You don't want to have, you know... The, you don't want to have someone's serious expectations for the game betrayed from the outset. Right. You, it feels bad. It feels really bad. You want to set up your your barriers of what is not of what is not going to happen. And then you also want to set up what you do expect to happen. Like and you want to talk about this as a group. You can 
you can just say i'm playing we're playing this game it's got this setting and this plot whoever wants to come can come but you're not likely going to find a ton of players like that yeah and it's going to be a little bit restrictive creatively like you you can come up with some great stuff by by being collaborative there yeah so like the original concept i had for my game was way more open but because we like originally i was going to have just a setting and let people explore just i wasn't going to have a main hook right off the bat i was going to let them discover hooks that i had sort of planned and placed you know throughout the world but the char- the people who ended up having their schedules open were relatively new to the game so they they weren't going to be able to just uh you know get locked in in a totally freeform world they they needed they a like, bit more structure yeah they need a little more structure and that ended up changing the way the game worked for the for the better like it yeah. ended up making it way more compelling so the, what you want to make sure of though is that at no point in this do you want to make a sacrifice as the person running the game that makes it no longer fun for you if you come in and like you all you do is like read game of thrones and stuff like that and you want to run you know like a game of thrones style game with super political intrigue and like that's that's the stuff that really like that you really like and you just absolutely hate high fantasy adventure and all of that stuff and you just can't stand it and then you get together and everybody's just like yeah we want to do high fantasy adventure with zero political intrigue if i you want go, to be a fighter if you go if you try and bite that bullet and go fine i'll run that game you're not gonna have fun and if you and try the players and force, won't have fun either and if you try yeah if you try and force that gritty political stuff on them they aren't going to have fun you need to make sure that it's something that or they might even like they could just straight up or bell like okay yeah. you know like you set them up like oh house targaryen didn't you know they're they're displeased if they're actually like i don't give a fuck and they'll just and leave. then they're, and they're gonna be like well, let's, something else hey guys let's game. go burn down house targaryen like the the main house let's just go there and then the dm go then then the dm makes a big old thread somewhere about like oh my players are such scumbags that ruined my plans no you just didn't make a world that appealed to them yeah that's where a lot of these rebellions come from that people have a lot of problems with is fundamentally from players not getting rewarded for the things that they want to do yeah which is why you have to set up these expectations in advance you have to go okay this is the sort of game we're playing the most important thing to understand fundamentally about DD is like the the classic uh what do you call it um it's not freeform. Class. Trifect, like, uh, it's it's a form of acting. About, um, improv? Setup? Improv. It's the classic impro- improv rule of yes and. Yes and. You, you always want to say yes as much as you can and build off of what people just did. So, And that's what you should do even before the game starts, which yeah. goes into, okay, so how do we get the game actually running? Like, how do we, how do we get a game? We've decided the general type of game that we want. Like, let's go with an example of we want to play a an exploration game like we want to be explorers and like chart the seas right like you came up with a with a with a little world or whatever or you you're using a preset one and like we all want to be pirates right and pirate explorers or whatever yeah matt was talking about that he's like he was we were, he was thinking about trying to do something like that, trying to set up a world. So yeah, where, let, let's use you know, pirateers running the high seas. Yeah, let's let's use that as an example. So you're you're playing pirate world, and 
and that's what you guys want. You're doing like, you know, uh, you're doing like Pirates of the Caribbean pirates and not gritty, realistic, we're all going to die of scurvy pirates. Yes. Right? You're you're doing wacky, <laughs> fun adventures on the high seas. So the next thing that you're going to want to do is build your characters and potentially the entire setting together. Yes. All at once. Yes. In person is better. Where now and this is this is where you fix the problem that so many people have of I have all of these characters and I don't know how to get them all to meet. Well, this problem could have been fixed if you had built the characters together. Yep, yep. Building characters mm-hmm. together is, is I think if if there was one secret to getting a good game going, like the the spark that a good game needs is so often like, and I made this mistake when I first started my game and we fixed it ha- uh, halfway through the creation process, was you tell it, I told everybody the plot separately, basically, because it was just through phone. And then everybody mm-hmm. came back with these different characters and I was like, well, what the fuck? There's no way. There's no way for me to, for me to get them to work. Like, we had people who were like Robin Hood and then a guy who was like a guard. They're not going to get along. It wasn't going to work. And but, then you had Robot. Mm-hmm. Weird yeah, and then we had a, we had a, a robot, like a forest golem, and it's like this so they were so separate and so completely out of out there that it was never going to happen. But when we actually got together, we managed to fine tune each of the characters to to have a, a thread of commonality that allowed them to actually make sense, come together, and not not just a thread of commonality in terms of like where they're from, but a thread of commonality in terms of motivation. And I think motivation that's the important core part. values, core like, value and motivation is what the, should, should mesh. So there's a couple of ways that you can do this. If you can't get everybody together at the same time to make the characters, you can also then, if your players trust you and if you're comfortable doing this, you can give them a setting and tell them to make a character around it. Like you can do something like that's, that's what we did for revival. Yep. Yeah. You can say, okay, here's the setup. You are on, uh, like, right now you're in the middle of a desert. Tell me how you got lost in the desert, yep. right? Who are you and how did you end up stranded in the middle of this desert, right? So that's exactly what I did for my game was I gave everybody, I said, I need two things from you. I need um, a conflict that's getting you pushed out of where you are. And I need uh, a friend of yours who is going to help you. Yeah. Or you could say something like, you're in jail. How did you get there? Right? And yep. and from there, like, you're in <laughs> jail. Elder Scrolls. Yeah, you're in jail here. How did you get there? And then maybe they're, they're all pirates and they all got captured in jail. Like, you say, okay, we're going to do the pirate game. And then when we make the characters, you're all in jail. And then they go, oh, well, I'm, you know, Captain whatever, and I got trapped here. And then somebody else is like, oh, I'm, you know, like... I'm an exile or like I'm a disgraced captain who got framed. Right. And you're all in jail together. And then the first session could be like, you all break out together. Right. And yep. there you go. You've got a party mm-hmm. right now. Boom. Like yeah. they, all, they break you know, you out, they go to the Harbor Captain Slappy's hidden gold. Yeah. And then you, and you then, find you know, a ship captain and you all slappy in there leaves you guys all of his treasure in one piece. Fuck off. Please don't do this. <laughs> Please don't do this. But you know, you see what I mean? So you can, you can build that sort of, camaraderie from the get-go or you can straight up say your characters are all going to know each other from the start how do they know each other and who are they you know you can say okay you guys are all pirates you're on a you're you're a pirate crew 
figure out what sort of pirate crew you want to be and come up with your characters. And then they, you, know, you start talking amongst the, they start talking amongst each other and they go, oh, well, I think like it would be really cool if we were these st- sort of pirates. And somebody builds off of that. And somebody goes, I want to be the like, I want to be the navigator. And somebody else like, I'm going to be the, the plucky first mate. And some guy's like, I'm going to be the, the stowaway that you guys find, you know, right when you get there and there's going to be some tension or, you know, stuff like that. And then you start building the world together. You go, OK, we're this sort of pirate crew. Whereas if you just said, we're all going to be pirates, come to the game with a character sheet, you're going to find out that four people made Jack Sparrow. Well, not only that, mm-hmm. but four people are the captain. Right. Like, four people made Jack Sparrow, and they all want to be the captain, and that game is going to fall apart. Like, like it, it's when you not build work. things together, they tend to, people tend to build off of each other rather than against each other. Right. Like, you know, you go, okay, I'm, like, you know, you could say, like, oh, we've got, like, a disgraced noble's son, like, a bastard as our, as our captain, and he's, you know, like, this, this cool guy. And then somebody's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be, like, I'll be, like, you know, his family's old, like, servant, like, from an old servant family. But, like, I stuck with him, right? Like, we're best friends. Yeah. I believe uh, another example was when we were, when all of us were getting together for a revival, uh, we were talking about, like, old human stuff on there and the topic of, like, movies came up. And Mm -hmm. then I just remember Jerry's, because I think I was there entirely for Jerry's creation. And it's like, okay, well, uh you know films you know old films you know you know movie producer eh i don't like that one you know we hopped back and forth and build off of cuz like john was originally something you know john wayne stuff like yeah, that yeah. Like cowboy movies you know movies producer tv show vice friends call me jerry yeah yeah you know, it, you know, we never and, worked and we helped each other like we everybody helped each up. other with it like everybody gave each other input on what they think would be cool. And that's the thing is that if you have five heads working on a character, like it's still going to be your character. You're still going to be the one playing it, but you know, you can get some things from people that if you didn't get it from them, you would go, ah, shit, that would have been a good idea. You know, like maybe, maybe our, you know, disgraced noble Lord guy wouldn't have even gotten the idea if it wasn't for his friend being like, Hey, I want to be like, this cool butler sort of guy, like maybe you guys, your guy should be a noble, right? Yeah, like you could have the butler is the butler's like dedicated to the family, knows that the knows that that noble was disgraced and runs away with the noble to be like two bros on the high seas now. Right, right. Like you know, like he's like you know, like maybe he's older than him, and he's like, let's go like build our own legacy for that family name, you know, something like that. There's so many things that you can do when you work together as opposed to just saying, okay, come back with a character sheet. And right. the the mm-hmm. world building should never stop, in yes. my opinion. Like, I, I'm a lot of times people say, mind. this is the setting, the setting is decided, we've finished building the world, now you're just in it, like the game has started. But I found that one of the best ways to get people invested in your world is to help let them help you build it while you're playing. Yeah. I think... One of the best sessions I ever did had absolutely, I think we had like maybe 20 minutes of role play and maybe 20 minutes of actual like characters moving around. Yeah. But we spent the we, whole session building a town. That's yeah, we it. walk into a, we walk into like this big capital city town, like a really important place. And he just pulled, Michael just pulls out the map, gives us some markers and is like, okay, draw it. 
come up with cool shops and stuff like come up with places that you want to be here so you know like i'm the i'm a robot artificer guy so i'm like oh i've got to have like a little little gadget shop here and then somebody built off next to it is like oh wouldn't it be funny if like next to the gadget shop like there was a like a like a kitchen or something and there was always hijinks going on between the two you know yeah and so i we we got got to name them in my hamburger exactly so we had they i gave them all pens we all went went around uh i had areas set up for it like i knew the general out outline of the town it wasn't just like well i don't even know what this town is going to look like i had like there's a big tree in the center and stuff like that but i said you know okay give me a, give me stores give me uh alleys give me buildings give me characters and everybody went around and then this is the kicker is that when when the characters themselves actually got to the town all of that stuff ended up being things they'd heard of uh things that caught their interest and when the town ended up, of course, getting attacked because this was, a, you know, it, it was a we actually gave game. a shit. They actually cared because, hey, I helped design that place. Even if it's like sometimes it's hard to get into character where you're like, my character is heroic and I want to protect people. And you know that, right? Like, you know, you want to protect people, but it's hard to actually like give a shit. You're heroic. You're a hero. Mm-hmm. Everybody's played video. <laughs> We've all played video games where you pl- where you save the NPCs. You're like, yeah, I'm heroic. I saved them. But when you actually designed the town, and now some asshole is about to burn down that cool shop that you designed, you're like, hey, hey, fuck you. I'm gonna save this place. Right. It, gets, and it got them invested. And not only did we come up with some of the towns, he was like, okay, who runs the place? Like, what are they like? You know and. Like he would, or he would come up with some ideas on the fly. Like so and so runs this shop. You know them pretty decently. Like they're this person. They've done such and such thing for you. You know, they're, they're people then that matter. Yeah. It, it's so much better to have cooperative building than it is to have, uh, than it is to just decide everything by fiat. Even though you're the DM and you're quote unquote in charge, it's you're playing together. Right. And once you build up that mentality of cooperativeness or of cooperation, as the word is, I'm very tired, but <laughs> you you start getting the players to ask more questions. They start making more suggestions. They go instead of saying like, OK, like, OK, we're in a new place. Uh, where's the where's the inn? They'll start saying things like, hey, uh, this is a port city, right? Is there like some sort of. Uh, like trade depot around here and then you go why yes there is it's here in my notes and you're looking at your notes and you don't have one of those things <laughs> exactly and you go uh yeah here it is a furious write down name uh yeah it's oh yeah actually you're in like this port city that you just docked in because you're the pirate crew right uh here's like the head of trade here and the guy who runs it is kind of corrupt and he's actually a fence Good, smart ideas. If you ever want to piss off your DM real fast... Ask for um, a name. Ask for a name. (laughs) It's like, oh boy, coming up with names on the fly is tough. It is. But But speak, going off of, like, cooperative building, one of the things, and this is is one of those things that you really have to make the decision, because once you do it, you're, you're stuck. Props. props can be very very fun the problem with props is once you once you pull out props you're kind of obligated to keep them going like once your characters expect cool props 
if you don't keep using cool props, they'll be like, hey, where are the props? It, it's yeah, kind of the like same the, thing with the like next music. big big ass moment that happens. Oh, it doesn't come with a a tattered leather bound notebook with like a hand print on it. Like yeah. the first, like you know, like like we got earlier. Oh, well, this isn't as they don't, exciting. They don't have to be like super complicated. I used like notebook paper and sort of burned the edges to make it look cool for for the introduction to my game, and everybody thought it was crazy awesome. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Like I had fun making it, but uh. Once you, I kind of felt obligated to keep having like in-game items show up IRL, and uh, yeah, it's a, like, it's a slippery slope. That's a great way when you're making characters to get people invested. If yeah. they have something, it doesn't even have to be physical. It can just be anything, anything that they can see and that they can go. Okay, this is like my anchor point here. Like it could be some part of the character. It could be, you know, like a. Uh, like a cool little, little Photoshop picture that you made up for them or something like that, where they, where they go, okay, I'm in, right? Like, yeah. If like if they're a if they're a paladin, right? Like, like make a little like make a little holy symbol for them and just give it to them. And be like, hey, here it is. You know, yeah, this is your symbol. Now here, all right. Now I'm gonna put up a trigger warning here. You know, I'm gonna put up a trigger warning for you too. But I played a Homestuck style uh, game in GURPS. Oh one of the cool things the home one of the cool things the GM did was every character had lands, you know, land of X and Y. Yeah, yeah. And to start it off, he's like, "Here's your land." He he like describes it out to him, like, "Oh, that's awesome." And then he unzips that Photoshop and slams down like three reference images, and I'm like, "Whoa, holy shit, that's awesome!" Yeah, yeah. And this gets into uh, a, a nice segue to hooks. Yeah, and hooks so, are very difficult. But when a hook is done right, it it makes the whole game. Right. So when we're talking about the hook, we're talking about the thing that gets the party moving. You can have a group of characters, like you can have that pirate, that pirate lawyer. You got the disgraced noble, and then you got his like, like you know, like wizened butler guy, and then you've got the like the the their explosives expert who mans all the cannons and like makes all their weapons and stuff and he's some like gruff badass and then you got the like the the guy who's you know an ex like legitimate captain who's does all the tracking stuff is a stuck up asshole or whatever but you put them all on a boat and you go okay go and they go where yeah we're, we're just on a boat i <laughs> like, guess just an idea i thought of now for that is just like privateering you know like there's a good way to you know, like here's like a hook like a potential you know noble you know some kind of faction related to that you know some kingdom or whatever some bullshit privateering you know they try and hire some pirates to go fuck up these other people. right yeah you well, can give you know, them a job like a solid makes sense everyone can, agrees like with you it, can give you know? them a job and that can work but a lot of the times you, what you can do is a little secret that i like is you give them a milk run Right, it, that's a very commonly used term in like Shadowrun. You give them just something easy, right? Like some stupid little introduction thing, right? Like for the pirates, they find like you're like, oh, there's a cave, right? And you've heard that like a boat that's really good is in there, or like some cool cannon, and then you just have stock random bullshit happen in there, right? Like just standard adventure. Get everybody used to the game. Get all the characters running together. And then what you can do is you can take what the players do, say, and find it there, yep, and turn that into your hook. Yep, yep. 
So this works with this works with I think intermediate ish characters. Yeah, uh, it to works beginners with beginners too. too. But what I'm saying, what I mean is like building off of how characters respond in a in a newbie situation is really really good. But it also helps to have you you always want to have some hooks in your pocket. I think. Yeah. But for you always example, want to have like uh, something. So, for example, in the game that kind of fell apart, we got really shoehorned into the plot train. We, we got, you know, we got railroaded. Are you talking about but, my game? No, the, the one that fell apart, where I was oh. the, uh, the capitalism dwarf. Every in that, game we had the falls same, apart. We had, the same, we had the same milk run. We all went into a big tower, right? And there were, you know, four of our characters, and none of us had any reasons to be together. But there was this big tower, and it was raining super hard, like almost flooding. And it was hailing, in the center right? of this, yeah, and we're in the center of this tower, and we can't leave. And there's like a big sealed wooden door, and everybody goes, "Okay, so we're gonna wait out the hail, right?" Yeah. Like none of us mm-hmm. have any reason to go down here. None of us made characters that are adventurers, right? None of us did. Like, I started. My guy was like, you know, like, "Hey guys, who wants to start gambling?" I did like a ball and cup game, and one guy was like a, a magician, didn't want to do that. Michael's character was a good guy necromancer with a skeleton, and he was terrified of anybody finding out that his friend in armor was actually just a skelly. Yep. And nobody was allowed to, to find out there. Mr. Bones wasn't a real person. But we ended up going in because you know, it was like, why? Well, like, you, you're just supposed to go in there, you know. So we go in and we start finding some stuff we're like hey why are there all these like weird goblins here why is there why are there a bunch of gobbos in here and then also a hobgoblin skeleton because it's just a standard stock like thing but there's a hobgoblin skeleton and we have a necromancer in our team that means that there's Mm -hmm. like maybe there's another necromancer around maybe he would know things about that and then there were like also some demons and one of the people in our party like his family got killed was killed by demon yeah he had a big thing about, like, I fucking hate demons. And so all of us were, like, the we, the players, were really wanting to do this sort of more, like, spur-of-the-moment yes-and creative thing. So we were like, okay, we want to go investigate why there, why those things were here. Why is there, like, you know, an undead and demons in the same, in the same, like, little random tower, right? Like, this seems important. Yeah, yeah. I was and, really interested in, like, why there was, why there were undead, uh, like, animated skeletons because i was a necromancer who ironically hated death yeah so if there was if there were other necromancers i was like really really against that yeah so like we we were going we were going to try and go around and figure out what the hell was going on and at any point we could have gotten a okay yeah as it turns out all these things were connected right even if they weren't to begin with every every one of our characters would have been in on it like, I would have been in if there was any promise of making money because I would have just turned it into, yes, I'm the charismatic CEO of this group, even if I wasn't. You know, Necromancer yeah. guy would have been like, I want to find out who's making all these skellies. Hunter guy would have been like, I must kill, de- kill the demon. And then the, the, like, the, the dick-ass rogue who was there, you know, like, wanted in on that too. And there was a bunch of interesting stuff there. And none of it got followed up on. None of nope. it. Nope. We just left, we got some gold, and then we went to go be caravan guards, and all of us were like, 
we just kept talking to people being like, hey, do you remember that tower? Like, what's up with that tower? We want to find out about that tower. But then all we got was like, uh, yeah, here, can you go deliver the scroll to some random wizard up in a tower? We're like, is it, is it related to that tower? Is, like, is it related to that one that we went into? And he's like, no, no, it's not. It's just a, diff- it's a different tower. We're like, okay. Yeah, you guys wanted to go a completely different way than the DM was prepared for. Right. But Or wanted to go. Like, he wanted to go a very specific yeah, way. Yeah, he had his yeah. plot and he wanted to stick to it. But you can do that. But if you do that, you have to make sure that the players are down for it. Like, if you say straight up, yes, this is the established plot, and I want you guys to roll with it. Like, make characters that'll roll with it. Like, if you've got a, you know, like, apocalypse plot where some big calamity is going to happen and they need to go stop it, you need to let them know it before the game starts. That's the sort of game that we're going to be playing, and so, you guys need yeah, to follow this, along. This gets into the, the concept that I think a lot of DMs fall fall into, which is, well, I don't want to let them know about the plot beforehand because that ruins the surprise, Right. You're like, I want to surprise them with, with like, so they go, you whoa, can I wasn't expecting them. that. But you can't, you can surprise them, but you don't want to surprise them with what they're going to be fundamentally doing. Right. It, there's a big difference between going, hey guys, let's go out for dinner. And you all go out to dinner and you're like, hey guys, what do you want to get? And they all say, let's go get pizza. And you pass right by Domino's and you go straight to like the place that's super expensive. That's like an Italian restaurant that's local and really expensive he goes okay guys my treat that's a good surprise right yeah. the difference then is you all pile into the garden you go what do you guys want to get and everybody's like we're really drunk let's go get pizza and then you're like hey and then you're in like a suit and tie none of them are and you pull up at like you know a three-star michelin restaurant you're like okay guys my treat and then you get kicked out of the restaurant because you aren't dressed well enough that's a bad surprise <laughs> And then you guys go, why didn't you, why weren't you guys wearing suits? It's not their fault. They had a different thing that they wanted to do and you didn't deliver on it. Unlike uh, DiGiorno, it is delivery. Just ignore that. Just keep going. (laughs) I love the, the like solid four seconds of silence for that. Come on now. But you you can have. We're not saying that everything is the DM's fault, though. You can have problem players even within these things, and we'll get into oh, that God, in yes. further episodes and stuff. But what you want to do to minimize the chances of that happening is make sure that they want to be playing this game. Like, yeah, yeah. Now, if if you're looking for a simple, like, say you're a new DM and you're having a hard time coming up with like a solid hook, right? Like you, you've got your over. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Steal something from the party. It doesn't. Give it doesn't matter cool. what. You, Give them something cool you, and take it away. Take it away. Like okay. N- now, now there's a caveat with this. You cannot take something from the party that they need to use. Like like uh. uh you can't take your the warrior and sword. Yeah, you can't. That's what I was gonna say. You can't take like your your warrior's sword. That's just it's not fun if he doesn't get to use it anymore. You know what I mean? But yeah. so here's here's my example. Give I, them an airship. St- <laughs> then take the airship. <laughs> no. How what I did to steal from the party was I had we had this uh there was this little ceremony thing right 
and it was about these orbs. And I told them, you you guys are gonna prote- they're gonna be protecting this orb. They were hired to do it. This was this was like they were kind of legendary heroes, like the chosen one because it was a simple mm-hmm. game. Yeah, because everybody was uh, new. Everybody's new, so it was a simple game. I had a I got them invested by giving them all like a little chip of one of these orbs, like embedded in them. They couldn't remove it, so they were all bound by its magic. It was a good way to get the party all together because they were like they wanted to find out why they're all bound together. There had to be a reason for it. But it got to the point where, hey, we found this other orb. Like, oh shit, one of these fragments is the same. And it's part of this big ceremony. And they, they did this big fight. They, uh, they, they fought, I think, what, what was it, like a bugbear? Or no, it was, like a, it was like an actual bear and some skinwalkers, because I love me some skinwalkers. Hell yeah. And uh, they're so spooky. Too spooky. Uh, so they did this big fight. They they go up, they get to the orb, and then time stops. And I had music for this too. Oh fuck, that's right. I, time stops. I remember this. this like creepy music plays, and because I'm a weeb, I'll tell you it's a uh, Kaiki's theme from uh, Nisei Monogatari. Yeah, and if you listen to so it, it's such a great theme. It's time stops. This out out of this like rip in. Not time, but like in in the fabric of reality, walks this very, very upset-looking man who's just got a scowl on his face. He walks up, looks around, looks at the party, sort of like, huh. Walks up to the orb that they had just gotten, takes it, puts it in his pocket, and leaves. <laughs> and they were pissed. We were so mad. <laughs> they were like, "You have got to be fucking kidding me." We are going to hunt this guy down. We're going to find him. And that that's taking something from the party gets them locked in. Because now it, it's personal. Now we it's did personal. a lot of work to get there. And then it's just, nope. Ha ha. Get bent. And then every time that music ended up getting played, they were like, oh. Because <laughs> he would just keep popping in and being like, huh, that's weird. It's like, oh, look. Their eyes are moving. They can see me. Huh. That's funny. And then you just leave and we just be like, oh, this motherfucker. And like, then that you... started driving everything that we were doing. We were like, we need to hunt this guy down. Nobody knew who the fuck this guy was. We were just like, we need to find him. 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 Like we went into fever pitch. Yeah. So you can build these sort of hooks for your players like that. But there's a big continuum in terms of games for the style that you should really establish before you sit down between that we're along for the ride, we've got the plot, here it is, let's go, right? And then here's an area, you guys do it. You guys, whatever the hell you want to do, whatever the hell you want to do. You can go free, full freeform to full railroad or somewhere in between. Most people are more comfortable with somewhere in between because it's... You know, it's fun for the players, but it's also not terror for the uh, for the guy running it who needs to be just like a master of improv to do that shit. Because yeah. if they can go literally anywhere, they will go literally anywhere. You better be ready. You, have, you better be ready. You can't have invisible walls. You can't you can't go. Oh, no, sorry. That area is actually under construction because I don't remember what's over there. They'll call Pardon you out our mess. Mm. Yes. Put up the little GeoCities angel fire. However, this area is under construction. However, Shitty if fire, Jif. If you're wondering, well, shit, how do I 
like, how do I make sure that my plot moves along while still letting them be freeform, right? What you do here is big, big little secret is you have scenes. Yeah. Come up with things that are going to happen, right? If, for example, if you need, you know, the dread pirate two Roberts, cannons. Just say it. Just say it. Two cannons. He's like two chains, but he's got two cannons around his neck. And uh, I think the Dread Pirate Roberts is better. He's got two cannons yes. for arms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Captain Cannon Arms, right? And they're like, oh, this guy Get must be really ripped. Guns. No, he just has actual cannons for arms. That if you need <laughs> that guy to show up, but they just keep He's... doing things that like would never possibly lead to that. Here's what you do. Stop trying to stop trying to wait for that to happen and just have a scene in place and then have a trigger. Go, okay, they're going to meet this guy and the scene is going to play out like this. You know, he's going to come through the mist, fire on the ship for some reason, and then they're going to meet him and he's going to be the big villain. Oh, uh, yeah. On this point, though. You don't need. Uh, oh, yeah. Go, go, go. Yeah, on this point, I think one thing to be very, very careful of, especially as a new D as a new DM, you can make your villains awesome. Like make your villains really, really cool. But you should be very, very careful that you don't make friendly NPCs cooler than your uh player characters. We'll get to that. We'll get we'll get to that in just a second because that is that that'll be the last bit of just general world build advice for the yeah. getting the game started. Because it is a big mistake you can make. It's a but, very big pitfall. But if you need if you need a scene to happen, you can find an excuse for it to happen, right? Yeah. If because like they don't um, always in, uh, in revival with the Tonali stuff, we Actually, had to, we went up to this whole thing and uh, you played off of like a failed role that I had, and it just naturally that oh, one I actually know, I'll pick this was, up and have that be the trigger. That one was less of an excuse and more of a. Like, I wasn't actually planning on 100% I'm going to have this scene happen. There have been that a few one, scenes in that Revival that I can have tell not. you have been 100% planned. Yes, there have been a couple. But that one wasn't one of them. Uh, like, for example, you guys were going to meet Lazarus at some point, right? Yes. I just need an excuse oh, for it to yeah. happen. But the whole scene, the whole bit of you guys getting to the town and everything that happened there, the general sequence of it, I already had planned. Like, it was, you were going to go there, he was going to show up and do what he did, and then there was going to be the big talk scene, and that was going to happen, right? But what you want to do, if if you've got one of those scenes that you really need to have happen, you can give them, do you guys want to go down the left route or the right route? And, you know, have stuff happen on the way there, but both of the routes lead to that scene. Yeah. You know, if you need them to find the Goblin King... When they go into the cave and you've got a fork in the road, both of them lead to the Goblin King. It's okay to do that when, when it's really integral to your plot. You want to be careful that you don't fuck, that you don't railroad them too much, though. Right. And oh yeah, like you should give them like that's the thing though. So you can you can give even if it's going to be like that, you can still have the choice matter. Like yeah. for example, you could have like. Do we want to go in via the sea route directly into the front or do we want to sneak in the back? And maybe if they sneak in the back, they find that scene. But the flavor is they found him asleep in his bed and then the scene happens. And then maybe if 
They go in the front. They find him like on his big throne in the skull cave. And then the scene happens. Yeah. There's, right? there's ways. So you, you should always player choice should always matter. But if scenes need to happen, then make them happen. Right. And this then. So then last thing that we'll leave on is just the general bit of advice that we're going to go into for the next episode, which is we, we've been telling you things to do like to get the game off the ground and running here's things to not like next one things to not kill it yeah which is <laughs> one of the biggest ones that i've seen is having your main characters not be the main characters yes which is usually done i in believe the, form, the term is uh they get sidetracked is it javelin holders yeah yeah like what, what's I, what is there a term for that i didn't know maybe but it's it's like spear holder or something where you you take a back seat to some important npc that's really interesting it's really plot. lame but the npc it does sucks. Stuff. like like imagine that in the in the pirate thing they all get on their boat and they go out to sea right and then they find out that there's another pirate crew that's way more famous than them that's doing the same shit as them right and like that could be cool if they're like oh we're going to usurp these guys but if they if those guys just keep showing up doing cool shit and leaving they aren't going to like those characters. They're going to think that those characters suck. Yeah. Like, you know, it doesn't matter how cool they are. And in fact, the cooler they are, the worse it's going to be. Because they're like, no, that's supposed to be me. The player, yeah. the players always want to feel like they matter. If they show up to a place and what they were going to do has already been done by somebody else, they aren't going to go, oh, shit, somebody beat me to the punch. They're going to go, fuck, I wanted to do cool shit. Yeah, if you spend like a long time, it would be time, like, like if, if uh, we we got to the woods in revival, mm -hmm. and then like Michael and his crew showed up and just did everything. Like right. they showed up, we got to the end, and we're like, oh, well, that would have been kind of cool to be able to do that. Or, or it's well, like, like imagine like if cool you guys, moment. imagine if you guys got, went to, uh, imagine if you guys went to the racetrack, right? You you went to the racetrack, and you you find Doctor Robo, and then fucking uh just red calls in and is just like hey give them the parts right mm -hmm. and you guys be like well we, like, no, oh, we well, wanted i really to do wanted stuff. to you know it would be really fun to have made a car and go on this racetrack and do all this stuff but i mean or all right, you guys or you guys you know do a the big fight against that golden thing then michael shows kills it for you right yeah, he takes yeah. the like halfway through like it looks like you guys are doing kind of bad so michael just shows up and beats it right so i think there's there's a difference there's two kinds of bad npcs and i i think there's there's the kind that steals glory from the party like just does stuff for them when it looks like they're in a pinch and then there's ones and, that undermine them well i was going to what i was going to say is i was going to say really? there's a there's a there's a kind of npc that is the dm's pet yes yes like it's very very tempting as a dm because you're not getting to play right you, mm -hmm. you don't have a character you're every character never dm like, I, I wanted to play as you know I, I wanted to be a cool guy too. i had this super well, I'll just cool make a really cool character. npc character who's super awesome and does stuff and he kind of just shows up and helps the party no 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 the players are the heroes. They're the main characters. You cannot have a DM-controlled NPC who is cooler than the part. Like, in the pirate example. 
uh, you can't have somebody their join ship. their crew. Yeah, you, you can't, can't have, have some. You can't, you can't have, have somebody an NPC join, their crew. join their crew. You can't okay. have like Captain Captain Two Cannons with his two cannon arms, who's badass and he's got like a cool first mate, and he's, he's like, got why all these stories of adventure. Join my crew, and I'm and, like, hey, I'm here to help you guys out. Looks like you're kind of new on the high seas. No. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> you can do that for like one session and then have him go away or fucking die. Right. If if the car- if the players end up loving him and he's like, you know, the father figure, then you have him go rescue him or you have them like you have them impress him in some way and do something really cool and he's like like I'm passing the mantle, right? Or you do something like that what you don't do is have him stick around and just keep one upping them. Yeah. Because it is there's nothing more frustrating than going around and feeling like nobody cares who I am. Nobody gives a yeah. shit. Like what I do doesn't matter. Somebody else has just been doing everything. I'm not the main character here. Yeah. Like there, if there's you're a, not there's the main a difference character between, in the story. There's a difference between growing the party's influence, starting small. Like in Revival right now, we're not a big we're not a big deal yet. Right. Like people yeah, know people might have heard of us maybe. Time. We're, but we're working there's a difference between working your way up and being totally insignificant yeah it, like it's having your achievements minimized and then like it, it just ends up feeling like shit so yeah i've got an example from a, a game that was otherwise pretty damn good which was we had this we had this big moment where you know we were fighting all these golems on a boat like, they were getting shot at us, like, there were a bunch of skeleton pirates and blah, 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 blah. But, like, we're on one boat and we're protecting it, right, from this onslaught of stuff. And, you know, like, there's two boats and, you know, like, we're jumping between them to, to do things. And then we see one of the other boats. We all get on one boat and the other boat, this super cool badass person, like, pulls out a big sword and starts, like, doing all this crazy magic stuff and they're way stronger than us. And, you know, like, they just take out, like, all of them super quickly. And we're just like, what the fuck? We had this under control. Like we weren't even, we weren't even like doing bad, but then they just do everything. They just did everything. And we're just like, we wanted to do that. I had plans. Like I was going to do cool shit, but then that person just shows up and just does it. You steal glory from the party. Yeah. Unless you're specifically setting up a villain. Yeah. Like if they're going to steal glory from the party, they're going to be the villain of the game. Like, they're going to, the players are going to try anything that they can to get them to shut the hell up. Like, if you try and go, hey guys, I'm like the the guide NPC that's trying to keep you guys on the right track and keep you guys moving, ha ha ha, right? Which is really tempting to do. It's really tempting to give them a hand holder, right? Because yeah. players are dumb. Players are dumb. <laughs> players make players bad are really decisions. Dumb. <laughs> it, so it's really tempting to go like, Oh, hey, like you're a cleric or somewhere. Oh, here's another cleric. He's going to go with you and you guys are on a mission. He's going to make sure you guys do the mission, right? But the players are just going to end up presenting. It's just going to feel like, like it's going to feel like your mom came with you to fucking summer camp. <laughs> like I want to go much adventure. like your mom at summer camp. They're going to end up killing him. Yes. But- <laughs> But, like, you know, I wanted to go out and do cool stuff. And then, like, the second any, you start doing anything dangerous or adventurous, they're like, no, 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 no. It just kills everything. 
But yeah, the the best thing that you can do to avoid that situation is to build off of the players, not around them. You want to make sure that they have something to connect themselves to. And that's why you build everything together so that you can connect everything. Yeah, so I think uh, next episode we'll probably talk about more more pitfalls. Uh, Things like I- how to deal with players who do stupid shit and ruin games. Uh, how to... Deal Avoid. with DMs who do stupid shit and ruin games. Yes. Uh, how, <laughs> like, you know, how to deal with the various problems that can ruin your game prematurely. You know, how to how to deal with, I had my plot and then the players ruined it. How to deal with, with players going, oh, well, you know, I told you that my character was like this, but they're actually not. No, I no. said it's I said I had gray eyes. It's what my character would do. Yes. Ugh. But yeah, next one is going to be pitfalls and how to avoid them. Hopefully, yes. And I think we can do some uh, some some in in podcast role play for that because I got some. I, I oh, can do, yes. Uh, do some good that guy impersonations. Actually, actually. 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 Please put that picture. Actually. I need that picture. That'll be the end of the episode. Actually. Yeah.